to the Clients and Conversions Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Clem, and I've helped fellow entrepreneurs and business owners just like you harness the power of social media to grow your audience by the hundreds, 2x their launch sales, and have client leads banging down the door to book a call with you. And I'm the first to say that hustling and searching hours online for your next client or student is not the vital ingredient to your success or even your happiness. This podcast is for driven entrepreneurs, from coaches to course creators and everything in between, to access practical and actionable tactics on everything from how to get clients with Instagram advertising, and really unlock the keys from sales and social media to get growth with the simplest tools possible, while keeping it just long enough to get you through your walk, drive, or workout. So stick with us for this episode and the ones to come so you can get more clients and sales in less time. Now let's get into it. Now, before we go into the episode, this is sponsored by the Audience Growth Ad Experiment. This is a free guide that I created to really help answer the question of where do I start when it comes to ads, especially around literally where to start. So what I've done is I've actually put to the test Pinterest, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram ads all in a way that has pretty much the same variables that I could to see which one's gonna get you the most bang for your buck, which means the most amount of results, most amount of leads, and audience growth for the least amount of cost out of your budget or wallet. So I broke this down as best as I could. I made it super simple, but so, so, so helpful for those who are wanting to find out how to go about this, what were the actual results, which platform actually did come out on top, and where to start after that. So get your hands on that. It's going to be at danielleclem.com slash ad experiment. Also in the show notes below, such a good place to start. And also so helpful for those who were like me who wondered, okay, are Facebook ads still the best way to go? This will answer that for you. So I'll see you inside the experiment and now let's get started. Hey guys, today we have on Alexis Fortier who helps female entrepreneurs build automated systems and manage their time so they can save 10 plus hours per week and live in their zone of genius. She offers a mix of productivity course and one-to-one coaching as well as system integration and setup services. Welcome to the podcast, Alexis. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. I'm really excited to go into your zone of genius as well because what you really help out with is so needed in really any time of business from productivity for sure, systems and mindset. Before we get into all the good stuff, I'd love to go into kind of like the beginning of your journey and kind of what led you to where you're at. So I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about how you grew up to kind of what led you going down this path. Yes, I love so much. I'll try to keep this as short as I can because it is quite the journey. (laughs) Um, But uh, my whole entrepreneurial journey started with photography. I grew up absolutely in love with landscape photography. So I started a photography business in like 2016-ish and I tried selling my landscapes, but I started that at the same time as I was trying to plan a wedding. So it kind of just flopped um, and I ended up trying again like midway through 2017. Mm. But this time I ended up putting a huge focus, focus on brand, product, and real estate photography. So that led me to all these different local networking events. And I, I grew up incredibly shy and like nervous around people. So to be going to the networking events to begin with was like a huge thing for me. Yeah. <laughs> but um, at the time, photography was a side gig. And I had been working for five years in the real estate industry 
as an administrative assistant, which kind of morphed into like an office manager position for a real estate team. Mm. And um, yeah, I was going to all these local networking events and I was seeing a lot of entrepreneurs struggling with the administrative tasks in their business. And I remember talking to my husband and making this whole like scheme about doing essentially what I was doing for the real estate team, but for anyone out there online. But um, I didn't think it was a thing. And I kind of let it fall to the wayside for a while until I came across the term virtual assistant online one day. Uh, complete game changer, let me just say. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that led me to starting my virtual assistant business back in 2018. Mm -hmm. And I was able to leave my nine to five job after about eight months of starting that business. Things happened so, so quickly. Mm -hmm. um, but within that business, I was working with pretty much anyone, doing pretty much anything. And I've always been a figure it out kind of girl. And I'm always confident that if I don't know how to do something, like I can figure, figure it out, which worked amazing uh, in virtual assistant work. But throughout that experience, I really found out who I love to work with and who I'm not such a fan of working with too. Yeah. And um, I also started to know, notice certain things I love doing. So things that came just so naturally and other things I could do, but I just really didn't enjoy. So I began morphing the virtual assistant business to focus more specifically on helping service-based entrepreneurs set up simple yet effective systems in their business. Mm. And while all that was going on, I was feeling crazy overwhelmed behind the scenes and I was seeing a lot of my clients feeling the same way. I had a hard time being productive and like they were working their butts off like there was no tomorrow. I was right there alongside with them. And a lot of times we were both working on <laughs> a lot of busy work. Mm. So I got to the point where I felt like I couldn't take on any more work. I was overwhelmed working into the night. And another fun fact about my childhood is I also grew up obsessed with productivity and planning. But yeah. once I started my business, I kind of like forgot about that side of myself. And despite the fact that I was like setting up these amazing systems for my clients, I was left without much of a system in my own business. So yeah. I ended up like getting a grip on the back end of my business and diving back into learning everything I could about productivity, which eventually led me to do productivity coaching as well. So after all that craziness, <laughs> I have finally found my true passion. And now I help entrepreneurs set up simplified systems and manage their time. Well, I think there's something really great about that because I know for myself that what I find for a lot of us who were or still are service providers, you know, when we began to even now, we get so focused on being like working in the business versus working on it. Because mm. for you, I know um, you mentioned around, you know, I was doing these systems for my clients, but then I didn't really have them set up for myself. Same thing happened to me with ads where I was setting up all my clients as and they're getting all the leads but then I was over here just trying to like keep my head above water because I was trying to like keep going for them so I think it's a really big topic that are not enough people realize they're in until they get to like the burnout part or the exhaustion part because it's not talked about enough or even if it's talked about it the priority in their minds isn't high enough until they feel that like emotional or like mental uh, burnout of sorts. Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. And I, I see so much entrepreneurs working these 
insane hours, not much to show for it in their own business. And it can, it can lead to them resenting what they do. And yeah, it's, it's crazy. It really can. And before we move on to like the productivity and systems, which we're going to talk about, and especially the mindset, I think what's really great about what you just said was that so many of us don't realize that the busy work isn't really going to lead to too much. I remember when I had one of my best months last year and I maybe worked a couple hours during that, during those 90 days because a lot of them came from referrals or they came from um, random places that had nothing to do with the post that I just posted or, you know, the, the, whatever it might've been that I was working on for 10 hours during the day prior. Mm, yeah. So it's just a really good moment for those who are listening to this to really identify, are you actually putting like systems in for yourself that are helping you or mostly just keeping you busy? So, Absolutely. And we can definitely talk about that deeper in here as well. So when it comes to productivity and systems, I think it'd be really good for you to first, for those who don't know, define what, what is your definition for productivity and systems, especially when it comes to your entrepreneur clients. I love that. So for me, productivity is more about managing your energy and managing, you know, where you're directing your energy than it is like doing more and getting more done. I mean, productivity can definitely lead to like getting more done, but it's not all about getting more done. To me, productivity is actually more about doing less um, because if, if your energy is being, you know, spread out over 12 different things during a day, it's going to be so hard to focus no matter what you do. So it's best to really prioritize that energy and focus it on, you know, just doing a few things super well. I really love that because like we already mentioned this, but I think again, I'm always, I always love repeating things that I think really need to be like reiterated. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that needs to be said so much more. Same thing with really any entrepreneur I've known when it comes to systems, marketing, you name it. If you try and put your attention to too many things, you're not going to see the reward that you would if you just really focused on those couple areas. So I would love to hear for you, what are normally the, the beginning steps for most people when it comes to, they come to you and say, Hey, I'm really needing help with becoming more productive or like actually building up systems, what are the first steps that you take them through that really help identify maybe what their systems they need or even um, where they're usually lacking in their productivity? Yeah, absolutely. So um, a couple different things for productivity. It's usually taking a look at what you're currently doing and kind of doing a little time audit and write down what you do throughout the day and see where you're actually spending your time because oftentimes uh we're (laughs) we're spending a lot more time maybe getting distracted by our phones or working on things that don't really push the needle forward um we're working on those things more than we're working on the things that actually are pushing the needle forward and making things happen in their business Uh, and and when it comes to systems I always recommend doing a bit of an audit there as well and taking a look at, okay, what systems do I actually have in my business right now? Because I think a lot of people will say, oh, I don't, I don't really have any systems in my business. But no matter what it is, every, every business has systems of some sort, even if it's not necessarily working. So for, for a first step, I always recommend doing an audit. Yeah. That's a great thing too. And I, I remember doing one of those as well. Um, kind of a, a 
task and time audit, where I was actually identifying the tasks that I that I was doing, the time I was taking, and then also my energy levels with it, because mm. I think so many people will do tasks that obviously can help with their business, but don't realize that that task might actually not, not be right for you. you. It might be time to, like you said, have it either systematized or outsourced or whatever it might be, because at the end of the day, which I really struggled with, I think last year or early last year was around really stepping up as the CEO in my business and not just being this, like the owner and the employee all the time. Yes. Yeah. And I, yeah. And, oh, go ahead. <laughs> so I think what's really cool to hear too, is you kind of have these two areas of productivity and systems. So for those who might be wondering, okay, I understand that I want to audit now. Um, what do you find for most people in the systems area is like the most common two systems that either they're lacking or that they have tried but failed at? So the two most common things would be a, a system for managing your clients and like your client experience, uh, as well as a systems for projects and project management. So those are the two big ones. And a lot of people make the mistake with you know the client side of not having a journey kind of mapped out for them roughly and having that um what's the word i'm looking for um <laughs> having, having a oh go ahead i was gonna say just having kind of like a, a flow of it that actually takes them through from like a to b yeah, so one of the big mistakes is not having, you know, a flow that that takes them from A to B. And with the project side of things, I find a lot of people will like dump large projects in either on, down on paper or in a project management system and they're not like breaking that down into more bite-sized chunks. Mm -hmm. And that is insanely overwhelming when you go to sit down at your desk and work this project and you see, you know, like write a book, it's like, wow, that's, that's so much. <laughs> and you'll get overwhelmed by that and then you won't do it. So um, to me, that is like a hugely important uh, system to have in your business too. Yeah. And that's something where so many entrepreneurs, I think, can really attest to that, especially when you're either up leveling or you're moving different thing, like a new project you've never done before and you don't know the system, you're going to put just like, create new onboarding process. Well, <laughs> that's going to be a lot of steps from the emails, from the dates, from the times. Like there's so many things in there that I remember when I first thought about that for myself, it's like, yeah, th this should be pretty easy. And then I realized, oh, I have to create all the emails, set up all the things, create all the packages and all the workflows. And I didn't even realize how much time it was because either it's not talked about normally, like the time it might take, but also the tasks in which that are usually required for that too. Yeah, absolutely. It's so key to break things down and make it, make it easier for your brain to like make sense of and consume. Yeah. And I, I think this is a really curious place to go as well around for projects or for systems and productivity. 
I find that there can be some people who maybe you've seen some clients who might be a little more of self-sabotagers when it comes to they'll have the like task and their project management tools, but then you check in with them like a week or two later and they never, they haven't done any of it. <laughs> They've done like a, other busy work. And mm-hmm. I'd be curious to see if you've had that happen. And if you have, what normally are the root causes for that? Yeah, definitely. I find when you have something on your list and you keep pushing it off or avoiding it or something, it, it comes down to you. there's fear around it in some way, whether it's like fear of what others will think of, you know, the, the final product or mm-hmm. fear of, I mean, there's even fear of success and being successful because that's such a step up and a step outside of your comfort zone. So I find that it it all comes down to like, to fearing what the end result will be. I really agree with that when it comes to the fearing of success and fearing the result, because even though a lot of entrepreneurs obviously want success, they want the 10K or 20K or 30K months. But then when they really ask themselves that if they can really have it or they can really believe that they can have it, there's usually a little bit of hesitation there because they haven't really built up their belief around, okay, is this actually something that I can do? Do I even believe in myself that I can do that? And that's kind of like the fun thing about what I've seen around systems or productivity, especially is because even though it is so, for lack of a better word, systematic of sorts, it can really be derailed by the mindset or by the beliefs that the person has around those projects or even like around themselves. Absolutely. And even, even when it comes to setting up systems in the first place, I find people have a lot of fear around, well, it's going to be complicated. It's going to take a lot of time and it's going to be, you know, rigid. Um, But again, that's just like, that's a belief. That's, it's not truth. Mm. Yeah, and I, I want to go into this a little bit deeper because what I find for so many people is that, yes, systems and productivity is still hands down one of the best things you can do for your business because it's going to really mm. help take the mental space, the mental energy off of you. But if you're not at the space to where you put something in your schedule and you're actually going to do it or that you actually put enough energy towards it, there's no point in it, <laughs> basically. Right. Yeah. So I, I wonder when you have someone come to you and say like, hey, it's been a week or two and I haven't really done anything. What's your normal response to them? How do you kind of help them counteract that? Yeah, so I really like to just ask them questions to try and help them figure out what might be going on behind the scenes because, um, you know, I mentioned fear is a big thing. So we have to like kind of get to the root of, what is that fear? And once you get to the root of what the fear is, you can kind of start to break that apart and you realize like, oh, okay, this is, this is a little bit irrational. (laughs) I know one of the best questions that I've, I've heard when it comes to like really addressing those mindsets is, is this true? Like, Mm. is this real? Is this true? And if it falls into that category and it's almost all of them are no, <laughs> then <laughs> you realize that there needs to be some different thoughts and different beliefs around there because that one's just not serving you. Absolutely. And I always love to ask, like, what excuses are you currently making that just 
aren't true right now because we will make up so many stories and so many excuses if we're trying to avoid something. And we just take that, you know, at face value and we don't really dig deep and try and figure out like what it actually is and why it actually is that we're making up this excuse. So yeah, mm. that's a question that I love to ask. That's really good. Yeah. Now I want to kind of jump back into as well the the systems piece because we talked a little bit around the mindset, but I know people are going to ask, okay, but like how do I even go about this? So you mentioned first the the journey from A to B, which I really recommend for anyone to do. Like that is hands down, even for, for my business around ads or around funnels, like you have to do that. It's it is the first step. And inside of that around the onboarding process is probably one of the biggest ones that you mentioned. Do you have a idea when people come to you and they have kind of similar to you where they have different offers and different probably like audience types for them? How do you help them to create those? So it's not so overwhelming, even though they're probably going to have to do a variegation of three or four. Yeah. So with this, I always start by having them write down what they, what they're currently doing right now, because then from there, you've already got, you know, the, they might not be doing it consistently every time because, you know, if they don't have a system in place, it, it could be a little bit inconsistent, but I have them write down roughly what they do. And that's, that's like half the work already done right there because then they can go back, you know, that's all done and then they can say, okay, what do I want to add to this to make it even better? Um, so that's a way to do it that's, it's not like here, write out, write out your whole customer journey for me right here and now, like off the top of your head, what you want it to look like. It's a lot easier to write down what you're doing right now first, get that out of the way, and then to go back and see where you can improve. I totally agree with that, especially for, for me, I noticed that I have currently a VA who helps out with my podcast, um, kind of like the publishing and processing of it. And that would have only what that wouldn't have happened if I didn't have a process already kind of like written up or done for myself. Yes. And I find so many people, even including myself sometimes, will procrastinate writing the systems down or writing the process down because they think it's oh, it's gonna take too much time or whatever it might be. But that will save you so much mental clarity because at the end of the day, most of us are going to want to grow our business to the point where we have people who work for us, even if it's one person, even if it's one assistant, to take off some of those tasks. But if you hire someone and you don't know what you're going to give them, then you're, you're putting money into something that's not going to really pay off for you. And this is why it's so important to start with that first step, because if I would have hired someone prior to having anything, any process around them, I'd be stuck catching up on figuring out how do I even go about, you know, telling them what to do since I don't even have a process around it? So true. And I always say, if for those who have a hard time, like just getting it all out and writing out what they do, I always say, write it out as you're going through the process. So the next time you onboard a client, it just takes like an extra couple minutes each time to just write out the steps that you're doing. And then by the time you're onboarding that client, you've got your whole outline of what you typically do already done. I love that. Now, for so many people, I mean, again, pen to paper or like a Google Doc is one of your best bet for this, guys, like just oh, yeah. <laughs> just, just a real case. Um, but I'd love to hear for you, what do you find? So let's say they go through the whole entire process of like writing it out. What are the normal tools or software that you recommend your clients mostly when they're trying to set up these systems or even productivity stuff for themselves? 
Yeah. So um, I'm a complete systems nerd and I have (laughs) like, (laughs) I've experimented with so many different systems. Um, for, for client onboarding and things like that, I, I 100% recommend Dubsado. I absolutely Mm -hmm. love it. Um, and then for like the actual tasks and things I use ClickUp. I love that a lot. A lot of people use Asana as well. Um, and I think that's really awesome. But when it comes to like initially writing, writing out what you do, um, going back to what you said, I totally recommend just like take a piece of paper and write it as you go. It doesn't have to be difficult. Yeah. And that's actually, for those who don't know, I used Dubsado a lot for like client stuff as well. And it really helps just copy in a workflow and having that whole thing be good for you. So mm-hmm. for those who are service providers, Dubsado is amazing for that. And before we move on to the rapid fire round, because I love this topic so much around ClickUp versus Asana. <laughs> and here's <laughs> why. <laughs> so I was an Asana girl for years. I loved Asana. It just visually... Un- my brain understood how it looked and I've been going back and forth with ClickUp. I've tried to like set up for it and that type of thing. And I just, I swear it, it's not that it's, it's a bad thing. And just my brain can't seem to want to go into it, even though it's really helpful. It's almost better feature wise than Asana. So I would love for you to kind of give your little, um, chat about for those who are kind of in between the Asana ClickUp game, but trying to choose which one's right for them. What's your normal advice for like why they should choose ClickUp or Asana for their business? Oh yeah. I love this. Asana and ClickUp are so close in the features that they have. So it's, it's a lot about personal preference. I, I totally recommend signing up for both and like trying it out for a little while and seeing what you think. Um, because you can you can use them both for free and they have they both have a lot of amazing features like recently i went with clickup originally because you could um view things in a list view or a board mm. view or a calendar view like uh asana was at one point you had to like choose the board view and then you that's what you got if you wanted to move it to a list view later on you would have to like physically move everything over to the new list view but they have changed that recently so you can switch between the different views um so that was my original reason with going for ClickUp because i love to view things in like all these different ways and it was a lot easier to do with ClickUp. um but now i would say i'm i'm still happy with going with ClickUp over asana because ClickUp has been releasing updates and things like crazy. Like I think they they added forms, they've added documents, they've added, um, like I have my Dubsado dashboard because I do a lot of time tracking. I still do some virtual assistant work. Mm -hmm. I've been able to embed my Dubsado dashboard, the time tracker, like into ClickUp, which is so neat to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of why I went with ClickUp, but it's definitely a personal preference and whatever, whatever you prefer and whatever is more intuitive for you to use, like you should totally use. I, I would never like steer someone away from something that's working well for them. Yeah. And I really love that piece. I mean, again, all these uh, platforms or softwares are free, so it's not really too hard of a thing to go through, but I love what you mentioned around 
the time tracking because especially for those again who are service providers or even those who are need to go through that time audit that's a really good thing to start doing is having that place in there so that way you can really have an easier way of tracking your time versus trying to manually write it down or put it in like a notes app for you so i think it's a really great piece and for those who are on the fence go through both for me i think i'm still slowly migrating to ClickUp. I have everything on ClickUp, but for, <laughs> for some reason, um, I gone through Trello. I love Trello, but it's only boards basically, or, you know, the way yeah. that it looks is only a certain way. Asana, just the way that it looks, my eyes just love it. And then ClickUp is so robust that it's hard not to look at it um, yeah. or like think of it as a, a, a big contender. But again, like you said, everyone, it's it's the way that it's going to be personal preference for you and also the least friction for you. So if you find that you're someone who um, it's, you don't even want to sign up for ClickUp or you go in and you don't want to sign in for it because it does this or Asana or Trello, then that's a good chance that it might just not be the right thing for you at this time. Cause you can always migrate later. Absolutely. I, and I know there are some business owners out there who, you know, they've, they're beyond six figures, seven figures, and they are still working in something like Trello. So again, it's all about what works for you. You can make pretty much any platform or system work for you. Um, but as long as it does what you need, like you're golden. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, I love that. And for those who are thinking about systems and productivity, again, I really recommend you start out with writing down that journey, writing down what you're doing and tracking your time, tracking your tasks. So that way when you sign up for Asana or ClickUp, your life will be so much easier because you'll now know what to do in there versus just looking at a blank screen or at one of their templates, not knowing what to input. Absolutely. I love that. Okay. So we've gone over a lot around systems, productivity, and mindset, but I want to give the audience a little bit of um, a better idea of who you are. So with this rapid fire round, it's usually about five questions or so that kind of are just answering more things around favorite books, these type of things, your first thought or first sentence, whatever comes to your mind first, feel free to um, blurt out. So are you ready? All right, let's do this. <laughs> the first question is, favorite book you've ever read or currently reading? Ooh, that has definitely got to be You're a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. Sincero? Yeah. I always butcher that. <laughs> no, it's funny. My Literally, my last uh, interview I had last week with one of my guests said, you are a badass. So it's, it's funny <laughs> that you say that. So it's, it's definitely in the air right now. Oh, that's funny. I love that. I remember reading it while working at my nine to five, trying to build my business. And it just, it lit such a fire underneath me. So that's definitely got to be my favorite. It's honestly one of my favorite money books that I've, that I've had. Cause there's so many other ones that are meant for, or that are, were written a long time ago that are still really helpful, but this one's mm. just so modern, so practical and just a great book. So no, I agree. <laughs> awesome. I love that. What is your favorite word or phrase you use daily? Ooh, oh man. I don't use it daily necessarily, but my motto is halt the hustle and you'll find your freedom. I absolutely love that. That's it, it really good. Totally embodies everything I teach. I love that so much. Actually, I really like that. I'm going to have my VA probably make it a quote for this oh, episode. <laughs> Uh, okay, so what is something you're not very good at or working to get better at? Ooh, something I'm not. 
this year I'm putting a really big focus on not caring what others think. Mm. <laughs> I have always labeled myself a people pleaser. I've always had a hard time saying no. So that's like, that's a huge thing that I'm working on this year. That's good. I think that's yeah. a huge one that a lot of entrepreneurs need, especially no matter what stage you're in. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> what totally. is one characteristic that you believe every entrepreneur needs to have? Hmm. Oh, I have a few come to mind, but I'm going to go with discipline because when you start your own business, like you are the only one you are accountable to. So it definitely mm -hmm. requires a lot of self-discipline. So true. A hundred percent. Last question is what does success look like to you in your own eyes? <sighs> I love this. <laughs> success looks so different for everyone. Uh, for me, it's not so much about the amount of money you make. I mean, you got to make a living, of course, but it's so much about doing what you love in a way that impacts and has a positive effect on others. Like I want to be absolutely in love with what I do while also being able to help others out in some way. And if I can be totally aligned with that and make it happen, like I know the money will always come. I love that. And like you said, it's, it's, what, it's my favorite question to ask because everyone is so different. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to say too, because we've gone over so much, for those who are wondering, like, how do I get more of Alexis in my life? What are some things that the audience <laughs> can get a little taste on what they can look out for from you and um, what you're currently offering? Yes, absolutely. So I have a free masterclass that I recently created all about how to build a business you love without working crazy hours. And you can sign up for free for that over at alexisfortier.com slash free. But in that class, I cover three big mistakes you're making that are really keeping you stuck, tired, and overwhelmed in your business and how to go about fixing those. Um, so that's number one. And I've also got a free Facebook group too. Awesome. I recently created that and I'm loving hanging out in there, but mm -hmm. uh, it's called the Halt the Hustle Community. So you can find that by going to alexisfortier.com slash community. And we'll have all those links down below as well as her social media so you guys can find her there. But I really recommend you go check her out, look for what she has to offer because I think for a lot of you who are listening to this, if you've gotten this far, then most likely means that you need to have productivity and systems in place. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you guys have it. Thank you so much, Alexis, for coming on and taking the time to really share your expertise and your experience. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. I'll talk to you guys on the next episode. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I am so excited that you were able to go through it and get some actionable tips out of it. For next steps, make sure you go to daniellecleum.com slash ad breakdown to get the complete ad breakdown around what one Insta ad did to help create 559 client leads and 20% sales increase and in launch. Make sure to go ahead there to do that. And DM me at I'm Danielle Clem to go in deeper to the conversation. And last but not least, make sure to leave a rating and review so that this podcast can get out to more amazing people like yourself.